It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Well, it's too bad they don't reflect Cascade Radio Group, but that's all right. <laughs> Welcome to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. It's December. We are counting down to Christmas. This is nuts. You know, and I say this every single month. Can you believe it? But I, I can't. It goes by so fast. You know, we have got a really good show for you. You're going to want to turn up the volume. You're going to want to pay attention because if you listen to the show, you know that there are challenges that face our community and you can pick one, you know, is, is it fentanyl? Is it, the, you know, the drug addiction crisis? Is it homelessness? Um, what is it? Or, you know, if you listen, you've probably heard people on Saturday morning live also talk about uh, the parental rights challenges and things. We're going to put all that together for you in one amazing package and story today. Um, I've got Angie Burke and her husband, Chris, in the studio. They're amazing. Thanks so much for coming in and being willing to share you guys. Thank you so much, Lyle, for wanting to hear our story and taking the time for us to tell it. For, for people to hear ground level, everything from laws, CPS, to what a family goes through to on a daily basis or a minute, second basis mm-hmm. of having a child in addiction. Yeah, because addiction does. You know, I, I think sometimes we see the addict, we see the person who's in crisis, we see those things, and, and we don't stop and think about their families. We don't, you know, you don't realize the heavy toll that that takes on parents and siblings and extended family as well, and the uncertainty that goes with having a child in addiction or homelessness or both or Absolutely. Absolutely. And even people, those who have spouses, mm-hmm. um, it, it, oh, that's right. Spouses, parents, loved ones, whatever. Kids with parents. Friends. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, it takes, it is a daily toll. What I can tell you is, um, and it's, this isn't for pity. This is to get the story out there. And I don't like to sit and talk about things for too long until we come up with a plan. So my goal is to figure out how we can get a whole bunch of people together to start plans, not talks. Right. We action. We need we need action immediately. Every time we say it's going to take a minute or we hear, well, it'll be a while. Those those seconds are our, our child could be our child's last breath. No, to be brutally honest, 100 percent. Right now in Whatcom County, we're averaging about 10 overdose deaths per yes. month. 65% of those are opioid-related. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at WhatcomOverdosePrevention.org, they've got some great uh, dashboards on there, um, and it's it's going up. You know, if mm-hmm. you look at the EMS responses to overdose, um, they've been increasing every month this yes. year. Um, I think for November, I was looking this morning, 151. Unbelievable. Well, and, and those are just the ones that they respond to because – there's so much Narcan out there. You know, frequent flyers oftentimes have Narcan. You know, they administer one or two or three or six doses to their buddy. And as soon as they wake up, that's it. They're not calling anybody. And if you listen, you know, if you listen to the scanner and you listen to EMS stuff, what you find out very quickly is that, oh, my gosh, you know, this person was literally dead. They were doing CPR. They gave them Narcan. They got up. And they refused treatment and walked away and looked for their next hit. Yes. Yeah, so personally with that, the, the Narcanning amongst each other. I mean, my daughter has one hanging on her door into mm-hmm. her apartment. She's Narcanned others. Others have Narcanned her without medical intervention. Mm-hmm. But when the policeman did happen to call me last spring because he was worried my grandson was still in her custody, um, he said, you know, his words were lucky enough. Her druggie, in quote, friends had Narcan to bring her back. Mm-hmm. And then he used, I think what he said, six Narcans to bring her back. And so as a parent, when you hear that, and I mm-hmm. had talked to my husband, Chris, about it, your mind, you can't stop it. It instantly goes to what your child looked like dead. Mm-hmm. Br- 
it's brutally honest, but it's the truth. Yeah. So every phone call that comes with no caller ID or a healthcare phone call, mm-hmm. I, I always kind of, okay, I'm ready right. for what they're going to say. But, you, you know, as much as I prepare myself for a phone call, mm-hmm. um, I don't ever want it. And I don't think that I will be the way I think I will be when I yeah. get it. So, How old's your daughter? She's 24. Okay. So mm-hmm. when when did her story start? I mean, obviously, what, the day she was born, right? <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. You know, a cute little girl, I'm sure. Yes. And Tons of black hair. <laughs> right. And big blue eyes. Um, that, so, yeah, she was born. She was just a joy. Um, so caring to others. Mm-hmm. Loved saving almost dying animals, which could be a bit annoying for me when <laughs> I'd go in the garage and there they'd be sitting on the freezer. I'm like, oh, boy. Um, amazing soccer player mm-hmm. um, from third grade on. Amazing heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, very wonderful to her brother. They were the closest in age. He's a little younger than her. Her big sister and her as well. And then my little youngest, she was amazing with her. Uh, just out with Chris chopping wood. If you needed anything, Allison was the girl who stepped up. Right. I'm going to play with the little kids. I'm going to go outside. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, so what happened? I mean, so, you know, you, you've got a, a daughter who's an athlete, who's a scholar. 4.0. Who's a loving mm-hmm. Peer family member and needs. friends and all those things. It's, I mean, it's like the all-American kid. It went under us. It was like falling off a cliff. Mm-hmm. It was, we're walking along normal, and then we just fell off a cliff. And what happened was, uh, my oldest came to me crying and said, this is what I've been hearing that she's doing, and this is going to happen tonight. She's going to sneak out with this boy. And mm-hmm. that's when it happened. And I caught her, and that at that moment, I'm like, I could let her sneak out, or I could catch her, and I did. We didn't know how bad it was. She was leaving school during fifth and sixth period with a boy who had been expelled from the school. Oh, you know, signed out by teacher who said, you know, oh, she's such a good kid and we're going to sign her out. She would show up to soccer practice, I guess, towards the end, sick and throwing up. Mm-hmm. And so immediately we scooped her up and we took her in for a drug and uh, mental health evaluation. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in the state of Washington at that time. How old was she then? 15. Okay. Um, at that time, she can mark. They tell they told her, you check this box and your parents don't get to know. Mm-hmm. Your treatment, um, any of it, even your outcome, what you're addicted to or what your drugs you may be on. So she blocked us from it and we had no idea what to do. So that's crazy. So yeah, just mm-hmm. for people who are listening who haven't maybe haven't heard this before or aren't familiar with it. And I believe in Washington, once the kids hit 13, mm-hmm. they can check that box. Yes. So and I've had some other families reach out to me as well. Um, there was a young lady who recently died in Ferndale mm-hmm. and very similar circumstance in mm-hmm. that she checked the box and the parents weren't allowed to know what was wrong with their child. So, you know, it, it puts you, it's gotta be a helpless feeling when you know there's a problem, but you don't know what it is and you can't mm-hmm. adjust to be supportive. No, and we're trying to step to in, right? We're trying everything. We, we also have other little ones in the house that are witnessing now violence and all sorts of things, and mm-hmm. um, no, they just can't tell us anything. So then I took her to counseling, same thing. She checked the box. It couldn't even be, how can we help her? So then I started being a detective, and I saw, you know, there's a couple of kids that are dealing these pills and spice at school. Mm-hmm. And I went to people, and it was basically, we don't know how to deal with it. Wow. Okay, we're getting the we're getting the break, break, break <laughs> sign here from the producer. But you're listening to Saturday Morning Live. Uh, I've got Angie Burke in the studio this morning talking about things that really matter and and sharing her story. And we hope that it helps you to be aware. And we'll be right back. Solar isn't free, but the energy it captures can be. Hi, I'm Brad Barron, CEO at Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. As a trusted, local, five-time award-winning clean energy company with decades of combined solar experience, Barron will support you beyond the panels to provide whole home energy solutions powered by the sun. Despite what those national campaigns may claim, solar is not free. But our sales team and project engineers at Solar by Barron are committed to helping you leverage discounts and rebates 
turning your sustainable dream into a reality. And here's a brilliant offer. Get an energy-efficient heat pump at half price with your solar installation. That's a value of over $5,000. This offer won't last long, so give Barron a call today. Go solar and upgrade your HVAC system to a heat pump for half price. With Barron, you'll save money on sustainable solutions that go beyond the panels, keeping you comfortable year-round. Barron, your full-service HVAC, electrical, and plumbing contractor. Our mission, improving lives. In the shop. And I saw a little headline that says, uh, how much does it cost to replace the Ford F-150 Lightning's battery? I thought, that ought to be interesting. Kirk from Angler, Brian from Dr. John's, and Dan from Bellingham and Burlington Automotive. It cost around, are you ready for this? 30000 bucks. Join them on In the Shop, 9 to 10 a.m. every Saturday on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. You know, when they don't own you, you know you're over the target. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen, joined today by Chris and Angie Burke. And we're, we're, getting, we're getting their family story. You know, a lot of times, well, as a matter of fact, the way that we got connected was through social media. And there was an incident um, with their daughter um, that kind of showed up in the news and it was kind of a quasi violent altercation, you know, regarding some shoplifting and some things that kind of went a little awry and ended up in the news. And Angie reached out and said, that's my daughter. And so that kind of started a conversation. And so as we talked and learned the story, it's like, wow, this is something that people need to hear. Right. Because, you know, when you're out on the street and or you're in the store and you see somebody going out with a cartload or whatever it happens to be, every one of those people and is someone's daughter, is somebody's parent, is somebody's spouse, is somebody's mom or grandma or aunt or uncle or kid or whatever, right? And everyone has a story and they're all different. And I, I think that when we're dealing with the issues that we're dealing with, it's not super duper cut and dried. I mean, there are absolute values and there's absolute right and wrong and, you know, our challenges aren't excuses for bad behavior. So we're, we're, we want to make that super clear, but yet we're also dealing with human beings and human lives and stories. And I think part of getting to, the, to how we deal with these things is becoming aware of stories. You know, hearing people's experiences, their stories, what got us here. So before the break, we're talking, and and so she's 15. She's sneaking out with boys. She's cutting school. School's signing her off. You're taking her for some help. She checks the magic box Mm -hmm. so that you get to stay in the dark. Mm -hmm. Well, and then we move on to... The pills that she was caught dealing drugs at school, it was some weed and and then pills. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of looked at them and said, is this a shot? Because I had been going to certain administration with it. Um, Vice principal, hands down at the time, was amazing for us Mm -hmm. and was always there for for our family. She gets put in the juvenile detention system. Mm -hmm. And if you at the time think that's great, there's going to be consequences. We can work with this. Um, it's teaching our other kids, you know, consequences. Right. Absolutely not. As soon as she went in there, she had people visiting her, um, talking to her about loopholes in the system. I was at the time trying to get an ARY. And an mm-hmm. ARY is a youth at risk, mm-hmm. where it kind of gives me a little bit more control. And uh, on a side note, sheriff's department at the time, we live we live in the county, amazing. Mm-hmm. Incredibly helpful. Every phone call we made to them, and there were a lot. Um and they would tell us the ARY, you need to get on that. Right. Well, I had to get my daughter to make the decision to go down there. Um, and she wouldn't. Right. And I said, I can't get her there. Well, you need to. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing, you know, my daughter saying, well, now I'm going to do a chins, a reversed ARY on you. Mm-hmm. You could lose your house. You could lose the kids. Basically threatening me. Yeah. And where do they find out about this? They stuff? find out about it from the people they're talking to in the chins program. Right. You know, and they're getting their, they are being enabled right. at a young age to take it into their own hands. Well, mm-hmm. and it's really, it's really interesting to me. Uh, my day job, I, I do real estate, right? Mm-hmm. And 
I can lose my license for letting someone who's not legally um, capable or responsible to, yeah. to enter into a contract. So, like, literally, you know, if you're under 18, I, I can't sell you a house. If, mm -hmm. if you're impaired, I can't sell you a house. If you have dementia, if you have cognitive issues, I can't sell – I can't ethically – and legally sell you a home, mm -hmm. but yet we're letting people who aren't old enough to decide, aren't, they can't get a tattoo, they can't drink legally, they can't do all these things, but yet they're given authority, they're given full control over everything. It, this doesn't even make sense to me. No, and it didn't make sense to us either. And we actually, when we would tell police or sheriffs, hey, they're going to put me in a, a chins program, their eyes would pop out of their head. And they're like, you do not want to do that. That is going to destroy your family. Right. So she did get in it. And um, we did go to court. She never had to show up for it. It was all about me. Uh, you know, they talked to family members from the past who I no longer have contact with. Um, and, and they would just, oh, Angie's this, Angie's that. You know, young mom, she did this. And that. All, the, all of my faults were exposed, which is right. fine. I have them. Every, my kids know about right. them. I'm not a secret person. But with her... It was insane before she got placed into a home with only one adult needed to pass that background check. I also had to pay child support for her to be in this program, which I didn't ask to be in. Right. And uh, she had the rules in her home. And she had a woman from this department to call any time when I would say no. I was told you're escalating the situation. Oh, my gosh. So, it, so this is a nightmare. It's a nightmare at this point. And then she, oh, I'm sorry. She goes to the house. Some stuff happens. Oh, I'm so sorry. We were wrong. You were right. You need to take your daughter back. After taking every ability of us to parent away. Right. Now we're taking her back at the age of 17. So how did that go? Not well. It did not go well um, at all. It was devastating for the kids to have her back in the home and the fighting and the screaming. And I do want to let you know, we love her. It was mm -hmm. just out of control. And at the time, too, she was getting other medications for mental illness or whatever it was on. We didn't know. Mm -hmm. Because you can give that... To children, when they check that box off, they can get it through a school, they can get it through their counselor, and we didn't know she was doing these things. Right. So she did not graduate from school because of the arrest she was placed. It, you know, she couldn't come back. So she went to a different school. Um, basically, when she turned 18, she was out right. on her own. Uh -huh. And it, it still is scary. And then, you know, we get the phone call that she's pregnant. Okay. And is, so was she in active, in, in active addiction at that time or? So I would call it, yes. I mean, addiction to pills, right? prescription pills. Mm -hmm. At one time she had five different doctors prescribing her pills in Whatcom County. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so then she had her baby and she was doing well at the time of that pregnancy. A little, you know, there is some health, like mental health issues to address there as well. Mm -hmm. um, and she had my grandson. Uh, very, it was a scary situation. It was a code purple C-section. Okay. So it was immediate, fast. We got to do it now. Right. Um, and they prescribed her Vicodin okay. after the C-section. Mm -hmm. And I thought she was red flagged throughout the thing. Of, right. There's an opiate addiction here. And um, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, that led back to her doing other, other you know, opiates. getting addicted right. again. Mm -hmm. um, she lost... Custody at the time of, of my three-year-old or three-month-old grandson, he came to our house for seven months. Oh. And back then, which is not that back then, this was right. only four years ago, um, the rules were stricter okay. for him to go back into her custody. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can't even have weed in your system. Mm -hmm. And um, she did well for a while until about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was meth, fentanyl. And you can you can see it. It is scary. Um, more CPS cases, but as it goes on, they just become more relaxed. Okay. Or or so a year and a half ago is when it really hit the fan for us. You know, it's a shocking CPS was CPS is part of the Chins program. They are the Chins program in the court system okay. for juveniles. And now we're an adult where my little grandson who can't defend himself mm -hmm. needs to be safe and they can't step in. Mm -hmm. They did blame it on the Blake Law. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not a felony to do fentanyl and meth. Right. At the time, they couldn't take him. Right. They told my daughter to her face with me there. 
we don't take children away just because you're on fentanyl and meth. That does not pose a safety hazard. Wow. Which I flipped out. Right. Well, and there have been deaths in Watkins County related to secondary exposure and little kids grabbing pills. and My all grandson's those neighbor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'd run around. These kids have a thing. They would run around when mommies can't wake up, you know, and. And again, this is not to diss my daughter. No, it is no, just no. to get this it's out there. It's talking about the reality of what life is like in active addiction with kids. Yes. What life is like as a parent when the system takes away your ability to intervene and be involved in your children's lives. And what the outcome of, of that is. Exactly. And we we need to highlight some of these laws that have actually devastated these children. I mean, mm-hmm. my daughter, there's so much I could talk about there, but right now I'm talking the, the CPS laws that have the laws that affect CPS. It just doesn't affect the Blake law isn't just cut and dry. There's many no. faculties to it. Right. So but to, to leave these children in danger like this. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a huge push in CPS for reunification too. So when the child is removed from the home, then the entire focus shifts to reunification it's like how do we restore that child back to the terrible environment that they came from that caused them to be taken in the first place and it feels like things are kind of weighted in that direction you're listening to saturday morning live i'm lyle Sorensen. i've got chris and angie burke here i hope you're paying attention i hope this is hitting you like it's hitting me we'll be right back Lindale Glass is your premier window and door company in Whatcom and Skagit County. With over 35 years of professional installation experience, you can rely on the dedicated employees at Lindale Glass to provide an exceptional install. Lindale Glass features Milgard windows and doors, leading the industry with innovative, high-quality products. You can be assured of a product that is customized for your home. No shortcuts, no gimmicks, just excellent service and exceptional quality from Milgard. Visit a Lindale showroom to learn more or online at lindaleglass.com. This week with P&W Perks, you can get two $25 gift certificates for the price of one at Menace Brewing. And yes, you heard that right. That's $25 worth of free beer. You don't need to go to Boston to find a place where everybody knows your name. Menace Brewing in Bellingham's Fountain District is family owned and operated and pet and family friendly. So when you're at Menace Brewing, you're always family. Whether you're looking for a place to catch a soccer match, test yourself on trivia night, or grab some delicious food from one of their rotating food trucks, Menace Brewing is your friendly neighborhood brewery. Stop by from noon till 10 daily and enjoy a refreshing craft pint. Bring your friends and make some new ones. So next time you'd like to get away, head to Menace Brewing on the corner of the Guide and West North Street in Bellingham. Thursday at 8 a.m., you can get $50 to spend at Menace Brewing for just $25. For more details, go to pnwperks.com or this station's website. Cheers! We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city. But sometimes, things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham, KGMI.com. CBS News Brief, Prime Minister Netanyahu has recalled Israeli negotiators from Doha due to what his office calls an impasse. Government spokesman Elon Levy on why the ceasefire ended. Hamas decided to terminate the pause by failing to release all the kidnapped women as it was obligated to do so and kidnapped children. 
and by resuming rocket fire. High hopes at the UN Climate Conference with a timetable for saving the planet. Adair Turner chairs the Energy Transitions Commission. By 2050, we should be producing and using 70% less gas, 85% less coal, and as much as 95% less oil than we do today. Severe weather in the deep south this weekend. Here's Weather Channel meteorologist Kelly Cash. We've had some hail as big as golf balls. That was in Assumption Parish, eastern Louisiana, and will continue to be the threat for stronger to severe thunderstorms as we go throughout the day. CBS News Brief. I'm Peter King. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen, joined today by Angie and Chris Burke. We are talking about things that matter today. Um, If you haven't been listening in the first half, you know, all of the challenges and issues that we face in our community, when you start to really get into it and look at it, everything's interconnected. Um, you know, you see theft, you see drug abuse, you see homelessness, you see all, mental illness, you see all of these things. And the more you look at it, the more you realize it's a giant hairball. And so Angie's been sharing um, their experience that they had that they had with they've been having with their daughter it's ongoing it, it's not in the past it's, this is a current thing that you live every single day so was was your daughter homeless or at some point how 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 does that all transpire so we are we are kind of talking about when she had her son mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it sounds like you know there's some in and out of custody things and she became homeless when he was three months old in February um, it was cold, it was snowing, and it, he was taken away for something different. Um, when you live in a car that is deemed shelter, okay. and it doesn't matter if you're a baby, you are, you have shelter, it's okay, we don't take you away, but that's when she got, she was homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think she moved in with some friends. Okay. And, uh, so couch surfing, which mm-hmm. when they do the count, mm-hmm. they still count that as unsheltered or unhoused. Yeah, and she was unhoused. Right. Um, and then what they did... Opportunity Council through CPS mm-hmm. got her a place where she is still now. Okay. Um, and they did that because Andrew needed a stable place to come home to. Right. And, uh, and a, a stable environment. And it, it did go really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was wonderful. Uh, amazing. He got to spend his first birthday there. Aww. Uh, she's an amazing mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all went downhill, uh, I would say. COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, isolations kind of happened. Yeah. And then uh, this fentanyl, the the fentanyl and meth uh, came in and it was so hard. I mean, his daycare has been with him since almost day one, I would say six months old to watch. They would watch this deterioration of my daughter Mm -hmm. and also my, my grandson. Right. And, I'm in the middle. In all of this, I stand in the middle. I have adult children living in this environment who are hard workers. They have their own places, and they have to go into the community where things are dangerous. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, I have a child who is the dangerous side of this community as well. Right. And I'm in the middle, just like with CPS, my grandson, my daughter. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Right. Um, and I believed it would be cut and dry, mm-hmm. but it was not. So, So talk about that. I mean... You know, I, I think a lot of times people look at things and say, well, you know, they look at they look at kids who are, have challenges or they look at young adults who have challenges and they go, oh, they had a horrible home life or, <laughs> you know, they came from addicted parents or, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things that that you like to say. And I think when you and I were talking the other day, I, me- I mentioned, you know, in working with youth. And I know that you were the teen manager for Boys and Girls Club in Blaine mm-hmm. for quite a long time. You know, you see these kids come in and you try to guess what their home life is like. And you very quickly learn that it's a lot more about the kid than it is about the home life sometimes. That you see leave the most amazing kids come from the biggest dysfunctional mess that you can ever imagine. And you see the most screwed up kids sometimes come from the most leave it to beaver family that you can ever imagine. And everything in between. Exactly. That is exactly what it is. The it's almost that survivor skill mm-hmm. that that children who are put in traumatic situations come out with and it makes them stronger and better it doesn't mean they need to be in it 
No, that's a that's a terrible way to have to gain resilience in your life. Yes. And and it, and it's interesting because you also see the opposite outcome from bad environments where it becomes their excuse for their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and sometimes the things that they point to um, in a Leave It to Beaver household even you know it's it's like you know somebody was mean to me or they hurt my feelings or they made me make my bed or they were so horrible to me you know i mean they said i couldn't go out with people who did drugs <laughs> yeah yes. right but again back to juvenile court system that was wrong we should not be talking to her that way we are escalating the situation right and so i'm saying it's just broken all the way down yeah no it, it is i mean if they tie your hands mm-hmm. they want you to be responsible for your child listen Mrs. Burke, you are responsible for your daughter. Mm -hmm. But we're going to tie your hands behind your back and we're going to put a blindfold on you. Figure it out. Exactly. You know, I mean, that that is what this what this amounts to. So fast forward. um, Apartment. uh, COVID hits. Mm -hmm. Things kind of go to heck in a handbasket. And I started calling in. And I would tell her that. I did not want sometimes my grandson to leave with her. She couldn't drive. She should never have had a car at the time. Mm-hmm. Not to punish her because she was unsafe. Right. Um, and I didn't want to give him back. And unfortunately, sheriffs, again, wonderful. But law enforcement and EMTs for me have been my best experience as far as honesty, compassion, and just telling it like it is with right. me. Um, and, and the sheriff would say, you have to give him back to his mother that is kidnapping. And he didn't like it. I didn't like it. Right. But that's that's where we're at. Yeah. And um, I was told by a, a it, in the so when you do CPS, you call in a case gets started. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that the child is taken away. It means it's under investigation. Right. I was told by one of the social workers, if if my daughter is craving her drug mm-hmm. to she, she told my daughter to drop him off at my house, go and do her drug, and then she can come back and get him in a safe environment. That is incredibly, I have never, you don't crave fentanyl and meth. You are addicted to it. You need to do it. There's not a certain time of day where you're like, well, I think I'll go, you know, do my meth today. That's, right. That doesn't happen. And so it was giving, again, it, it's almost like there's no consequence. Mm-hmm to you doing drugs with children in your home, to you doing drugs, period, which leads you to do bad things, there's not a consequence. Right. Um, and the consequence would be Andrew's demise, mm-hmm. my, my grandson. Mm-hmm. And I don't, nobody wants that. I don't want it to be my daughter's demise either. So again, right. I'm in the middle. Right. I'm um, being pulled everywhere. So how, what happened, like, I first became aware of this situation through the police report, through the incident that happened in the store, through all of that, what what got us there? What, you know, mm-hmm. um, your daughter's in permanent supportive housing, right? She has an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, she's on everybody's radar, so she has some level of case management available. Yeah. Or not, yes, mm. no, a little bit. No. Okay. When things... So, so, do they, so let, me, let me ask this mm-hmm. then, because that's kind of what you would assume, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she's got a CPS case. Mm-hmm. Um, opportunity council gets her into an apartment mm-hmm. with her son and th- then it's just like all right see ya so my my grandson was taken away a year ago mm-hmm. and he is safe with you know he is very safe and doing thriving that's good that's uh, so good it is amazing it's amazing he's a little buddy he's my little guy um for my daughter that's when things just kept spiraling out of control. There is nobody. Mm-hmm. They'll call me. Okay. We haven't talked to her. Have you? I, I and I would say, you know, I she's an adult. Right. She's twenty four now. Ex- mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, leading up to what you're talking about, she went missing for quite a while, and okay. I had a missing persons report on her. Oh wow. Um. And several I several times. S- several times. That's just gut wrenching. That's. I gotta, hate it. That's got to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Because you go to bed at night and. For me, I just pray that God would just hold her tight wherever she was. Right. Because I knew she's involved in scary things. Yeah. That's another part of this addiction is the mental illness that comes with it isn't necessarily from the chemicals. It's from the situations mm-hmm. these human beings endure, mm-hmm. including the children mm-hmm. that are with them. Mm-hmm. So I put out a missing persons. She got in contact with me. We found her. And mm-hmm. it was chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I mean, I think we put her. You say chaos. What did that look like? She was panicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what they call delusional. Mm-hmm. Um, unsafe, scared for her safety, which I did. We have been told you need to take a little bit of that as truth mm-hmm. and a little bit of it is not, which is very hard. Right. <laughs> um, and so we thought, well, we're going to put her in a hotel to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. Naively, we put her in a hotel that was not, you should, we should not listen to her. She should not gone to that hotel right? because she couldn't come back to our home. I have kids at home. Yeah. Well, I decided that week, the week of the incident that happened on Friday of that week, I decided every single day I'm going to drop my daughter off at school and I'm going to go to my adult daughter's house and we're, we're going to detox. It is going to be rehab detox this week. And she had a great friend who uh, he came with me. Mm-hmm. My husband was working and he would come with me. He would say the hard stuff right. to my daughter. Which is good because it is. then she's not hating on you. Right. It's like if she gets mad, she gets mad at the other person. Exactly. So your relationship. And he would step in. He would say, how dare you talk to your mom that way? And so what I can say is that every day for that time, mm-hmm. I was fighting a demon. Mm-hmm. And the demon was inside of my child. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get her to one point where she'd agree. And it was like that demon came back and said, oh, heck no, you're not taking her away from me. This mm-hmm. is mine now. I'm, th- I have custody of this human being mm-hmm. is what her addiction feels like. Mm-hmm. So we got her into detox. Mm-hmm. After many phone calls to many different places. Bellingham Detox had a bed. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get in. She she couldn't come for three hours. Mm-hmm. I had a volleyball game for my younger child. Her friend said, I'm taking her. Don't you worry. I'll be back. Okay. We all make our promises. Right. Three hours isn't that long. We'll be back. He gets there. Can't find her. And I am, I'm exhausted. This is exhausting trying to get somebody to go to right. rehab oh, without having abilities. Yeah, it is. And then long story short, we lead up to 45 minutes before detox. She's arrested. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm here with Chris and Angie Burke. The story. All right. We'll be right back. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and I'm sharing with you a very exciting announcement. I have made the decision to rejoin LPL Financial Services. I originally joined what was then Private Ledger in December of 1981 as one of about 300 representatives. I rejoin them now with over 21,000 representatives, over $1.3 trillion under management, and LPL is now part of the S&P 500 index. In addition to discussing the latest financial news each week on Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI, I will share with you some of the reasons for this decision. Please join us at 11 a.m. each Saturday for our live Wealth Wake Up show or our 9 a.m. show on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced in this show, program, podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable to you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. Hey, I, I want to uh, agree with the uh, with what Michelle said as far as you uh, listening. Very good to everybody and being open to every conversation, which is, I think, why so many people call. Join us each weekday at 4 p.m. for KGMI Connects. God bless you, Joe, for what you're doing, and, and we're glad to have you out there. On KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen, joined today by Chris and Angie Burke. Thank you so much for just burying your soul and being so raw. Yes. We really appreciate it. I mean, you know, this is a this is a look that most people don't get. This is this is the perspective. This is like first person. This is what we've been dealing with. This is what we are dealing with. These are the real life impacts you know so often we look at numbers right we've got 10 people every month in whatcom county on average who are dying from overdose 65 percent of those are fentanyl Mm -hmm. and i think that you know and we're averaging five or six ems responses every day for drug overdose for poisoning Mm -hmm. right and i think sometimes we just reduce those things to numbers Mm -hmm. We aren't talking about people. 
We aren't looking at the lives. Yeah, so when you say it like that, too, you know, if I pick my child up from, from middle school last year and high school this year, she forgets she has an appointment somewhere. She'll look at me and say, oh, my gosh, is it my sister? So the impact on her is the exact same way. Her, my, my son will ask, have you talked to her? Mm-hmm. I haven't. And you see them. They, they are letting go of someone who's still alive. We are grieving my daughter's death, basically, but she's still alive. And the impact is brutal. I mean, my husband sees it with me. And and I had said this. I've said this to you and I've said it to other people. I did after the week of me trying so hard because I have brought her to detox. And the other part of this is she can take herself out whenever she wants. And she does. They do. Yes. My experience with similar circumstances, it's two or three days Mm -hmm. if you're lucky. It is. uh, We get to two and we've gone to three. Yep. So when she was arrested, I'll be honest with you, it it was beautiful. But it also, at the same time, I'm reading name, age, the date of birth, and I'm like, all of that. I gave her her name. I know the day she was born. I know the second she was born of that day. Mm -hmm. That's my child. But my child's in jail. And I am happy. Yes. Because I know where she is. And there's a consequence. Right. Um, Sort of. hmm, Yes. So thankfully, th- we didn't. Nobody bailed her out. Um, but th- but through Lifeline, in the jail system, mm-hmm. we had rehab. Mm-hmm. She was going, and it was ten days out, and she was going to be going to rehab. A biological father of hers decided he's he's in and out of her life doing bad things with her. He's decided he's going to bail her out, and he did. Ugh. Ugh. Um. I'm sorry. It's I. That was the scariest thing for me. Because it was so close to going to treatment. Even if she didn't want it, she had to go. Mm-hmm. Court ordered. Exactly. And that's why this was making leave. it. Exactly. Yeah. And I was so thrilled to see what was going to happen. Right. Thrillingly enough, the five days that she was, the week that she got out of jail, um, was bailed out. She overdosed at least five times that I know of. Right. Well, and while they're in jail, and I think a lot, of, I think this is something we should hit on at this point. In the Whatcom County Jail, because we don't have adequate space yes. to be able to detox people in a safe manner, they're given Subutex. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't know, that's similar to Suboxone. It's it's a replacement um, drug mm-hmm. that they use. And, you know, anecdotally, I've had people, you know, whose kids have come out and they're just like, I've never been so high for a week in my life, right? So <laughs> So we aren't really able to use that time away from their association, that time away from mm-hmm. the, that separation, we aren't able to adequately, we're wasting it, mm-hmm. basically, right? Yes. It's a wasted opportunity because, you know, like you say, you've you've done a lot. You've tried to intervene. You've tried to encourage. You've tried to motivate. You've tried to do all those things. And it's like, all right, here it is, right? <laughs> you know, they're locked yeah. up. They can't do anything. They've crossed the line. You know, and it's almost impossible to get an involuntary. You know, I mean. That takes three years. That's Josh's law. I've looked into it. It takes three years to get her involuntarily put in. Yeah. That's with emergency powers. I would love that to be a declaration Mm -hmm. that we could have temporary emergency powers because she wants to die. And that is suicidal because nobody wants to go. She's not doing pills, by the way. Okay. She is doing? doing powdered fentanyl. Okay. And the the lifeline people in the jail told me that was enough to kill a two hundred and ten pound man. The amount she was using during the day. Wow. And and again, going back to the so jails. The to- so the tolerance grows so high. And then it goes so low once they quit, and that's why ODs happen so quickly after treatment or jail or after time. Jail. And okay. the jail, the jailers, the guards, they are uh, so excited for you as well that your daughter is mm-hmm. safe. I, they need more adequate. You there are some amazing people that work at that jail yeah their hearts are Have you toured the jail um in high school <laughs> you would you would have to be an amazing person to go to that place willingly voluntarily exactly every day and deal with the crap smeared on the walls and the abuse from prisoners and mm-hmm. all of the stuff inmates whatever you want to call them incarcerated mm-hmm. persons whatever the politically correct goofy term is mm-hmm. but but you would have to be 
a pretty amazing person to do that job. And they are. Yeah. And they are. I mean, I would call in to check on her, and they, a couple of people we know that work there, they should be hardened. Mm-hmm. They should be like, we don't care. You're just another one of those. Absolutely not. Yeah. And she would, came out and told me, she's like, well, one of them said that they knew you and this was going to happen. And I'm like, good. I, I'm, right. I'm glad. Yeah, totally. But the other part of it is when I do talk to my daughter now, mm-hmm. she does not want to be this way. Mm-hmm. This is something she would have never chosen for herself. And she has right. said this over and over and over. Yeah. Um, but then again, we're, there's no, com- there's no, f- oh, how do you say that? Fire to the feet, feet to the flame. For these- right. There's no accountability. No, I mean. The thing from the spring that happened with her, mm-hmm. uh, th- there's this term and I don't like it. Reunification, we can touch on that someday. I don't like that word very much. Um, and I do not like, they pushed it back. Pushing court back, pushing court back, mm-hmm. pu- pushing a consequence back mm-hmm. in my eyes mm-hmm. because I do believe in them. Yep. Because my at this point, my daughter's consequence is going to be, you're not going to have the opportunity to get better. Right. Your consequence is going to be me getting a phone call, alerting our family. You're not here anymore. Right. And she will tell me, I don't think about you when I overdose, but I think about you when I come back. Right. Right. And it's just like. Well, and I think that's another thing, you know, we're talking about, you're talking about being hardened and you're talking about mm-hmm. the hardening of society mm-hmm. and of first responders and people who deal with this stuff. And I think even as a community, you know, if, if we look in social media or we look in the paper, or we look wherever we get our news and we see that there was a death investigation, maybe in one of the camps or mm-hmm. something like that. There was a social media post recently that was really controversial because um, someone died in the Walmart camp in a tent. And the way that it was written was that their roommate returned to their residence to find them deceased. And people just went crazy about that. And I'm just like, well, you know, if you kind of stop and think about it, that is where they live. That is their residence. It's, you know, and that is that person's roommate, you know. And then take it a step further and go, gosh, how must have that person felt? Mm-hmm. They came home. They found their roommate deceased. You know, and what, you know, put aside whatever the cause was or whatever the circumstances were leading up to that. Because mm-hmm. you were talking about the trauma that people Absolutely. In that lifestyle, endure. And then, you know, did they sleep somewhere else that night or did they sleep in the same place where their friend just died? Right? You where know, they've been. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so, you know, I think, we, I think we harden ourselves and we dehumanize and we lose focus mm-hmm. of that. And I think it causes us to lose a sense of urgency. You know, absolutely. 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 You know, I mean, this, we harden ourselves, and I think even professionals do. Oh, yeah. Where, well, on you know, some level, you have to. Exactly. Right? Well, they're, you know, we're burnt out. We can't do this. We can't do that. We're burnt out. Learned helplessness. Actually. Exactly. Ex- yes, exactly. And I don't like being helpless. I don't like feeling helpless, home, mm-hmm. you know, any hopeless. I don't like sitting in what smells bad and not moving out of it. I have to move. And right. so right now, and I have been begging for this, an emergency declaration mm-hmm. for the fentanyl crisis, mm-hmm. meth crisis. Mm-hmm. This is what we need. And then people will say, well, you can do all the emergency placements you want. We don't have people to fill the positions. I guarantee you put that emergency in place. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are going to jump into those positions to help. Yeah. And no amount of university, college, degrees, or anything will give you the knowledge unless you are experiencing it and living it. Yeah. It, it it really is true, and I and and I think that I, it's it's like it's such a big issue, and it's so you know it's not just addiction, it's not just homelessness, it's not just mental health, it's you know it's everything, it's you know, mm-hmm. and you know I think a lot of times people like to say, well, people just do that because they're poor. Because they're poor and hopeless. And it's like, no, 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 it's not, you know, and like, well, they're just stealing to survive. I'm like, no, that Mm -mm. wasn't survival stuff. That week I bought my daughter groceries. Mm -hmm. That was not for my daughter. Well, I am pretty, you know, she will not ever say, and it is to protect her safety. Right. It was not for herself. Yeah. 
So when they are stealing, it is a higher power. Well, and it's uh, that they're and, and it's a criminal enterprise. I mean, if it you is. look at our camps; they're organized. They are. They're run by. They are run by people who interest. are addicted. They're not yes. addicted to what they're giving the people out there. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. that. Well, and anecdotally, I guess I'm just going to leave it at that yeah. level. Bellingham is a fifty-five thousand dollar per day drug market. That's twenty million dollars a year. Wow. You know, but if you stop and think about it, you know, like you were saying, your daughter, who's not a big person, Mm-mm. is using enough Fetty powder mm-hmm. to kill a 210-pound man every day. So, you know, and you multiply that times however many people there are, you know, and then, you know, we got Western students and you got people living, you know. Yeah. It, it's a big deal. It is. And, and that's why it's not going to go away. No, right? uh, no. That's, and our proximity no. to the border, it's, you know, we're... It's pipeline, and if you think there's not this stuff going north, yeah. um, you're probably kidding yourself. It's just not advertised. It's not put out there as much, right. and it is. Yeah. So, well, Vancouver. Look at Vancouver. I, I've you seen know, the videos. East and you Hastings know, Street is unbelievable. It's down to one lane in places. I was talking to somebody from Vancouver the other day, and that's what they were telling me. East Hastings Street is down to one lane in places. Unbelievable. You know, so, But it is believable because we see it here. Yeah. You know, so it is. And this is why I'm just like, why... In every, I'm simple-minded. I'm trying to find a solution to in every second that counts day with my daughter. Why can't we just do emergency declaration and get some things at least in place for right now? Right. I do, you know, that's my biggest push. And yeah. Well, and, and exactly. And, you know, I think the point that I've made to the council in recent, recent weeks is mm-hmm. how many people are going to die? Yeah. You know, we're losing 10 people on average every single month. How many people are going to die mm-hmm. while... We study it and talk about it and think about it and kick the can down the road. And have a conference for a couple months from now on it. Right. Because those numbers that you're talking about, I don't want my daughter to be that number. Right. I don't want anybody's child to be that number. I don't want anyone's parent, anybody to be that number. Right. Well, and I just throw out a statistic like that. Yeah. It's like, but it's not. It's exactly what you're saying. They have a heartbeat. Somebody's someone. That's a human being. And, you know, that does matter. And it is important, you know. So, Angie and Chris, thank you. I can't believe it. Our time is almost up. I appreciate it. Thank Thank you you for having me. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing and being raw and vulnerable because that's pretty brave. I appreciate it. Thank you. I love talking. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming in. You've been listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. Hope you have a great December and a Merry Christmas. We'll see you next month.